Great, thank you so much. So glad to be here. Um, we've been here before in, in uh, planting churches and seeing what God could do. I was remarking to myself and God this morning while I was praying, while you're all singing so well, um, I've actually been in a group smaller than this to start a church. <laughs> and uh, so these, these are exciting days for all of us. We're thankful for those opportunities that we have. And uh, we're going to pick up from this portion of Scripture there in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 1 uh, there through 9. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of, of Jesus Christ and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people together with all those who everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. I there, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. So we, we look at this great portion of Scripture. Last week we were looking at the, the New Year's same promises. Week one was the promise of pursuit. And we looked at God pursues and he finds us um, and uh, we repent and um, with, with that, and, and let me get to that one, yeah. We, and we repent and follow Jesus and pursue those around us. We're pursued, we look at this week, that we, we are pursued in, in, in all, all of this. And God find God faithful and spend the rest of eternity pursuing Him in those portions of Scripture that we look at a little bit. Our, our story, if we look at hyphen, you're familiar with that. So every, but have you noticed this? Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a backstory. Everyone has that in the beginning of here seeking to practice the presence of Jesus for the sake of our neighbors. We think Jesus is pretty important and is still using people to impact the world. Hyphen means together. And it's our vision to see God and community come together by faithfully responding to him. And our mission is to form people who practice the presence of Jesus for the sake of their neighbors. And our practices throughout the Bible, we see an invitation to humanity to partner in God's purpose of setting things right in this world. Our practices define and direct our purpose as a church and offer structure to what we do from Sunday gatherings to discipleship as well as how we reach out to our neighbors. Corinth had a story. Not as good as yours. This is, if I were God, I wouldn't have even put 1 Corinthians in the Bible. But I know this, that God knows that I can make a mess of things. And this just happens to be theirs. For all of heaven and earth to know, they didn't do well. But they, they had a story of how it started. It started well enough. The Apostle Paul was there at the beginning. And um, they, had a, they had a mission. And they had some practices. And, and all of those things didn't go very, very well. But in, here in this portion of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, here's God's victorious vaccination. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, 
whom ye have from God, you are not your own, you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. That, that is exactly what needs to happen everywhere. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. That's, that is actually what God has called them to. Ray Stedman in Pal- preached at the Peninsula Bible Church in Palo Alto, California. I've been home with the Lord for years now. And it, the preaching that he was doing one Sunday morning was um, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. And, or do you not know the unrighteousness will not, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the, the sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, uh, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And, and he just simply said at that time, he said it wasn't in my notes, but I just said, has anyone here had a similar background? And then he says, shocked, he said he shocked himself and he shocked the, the crowd that was there as well. He said, just please stand quietly for a moment that we might share a similar backstory at the Church of Corinth. Not what I would have done, but he did that. And of course, initially no one stood. Then, then a teenager, sister in Christ, on the center aisle stood. Others slowly swelling into two-thirds of the congregation was standing. A college student who had never been to a church service in his life told Stedman afterwards. He said, you know, I came here this morning. He said, actually, I got saved at a Billy Graham crusade in a stadium here in California. And Stedman said, yeah, we had personal workers there. And someone here may have been your personal worker with that. And he said, yes. He said, but I got to tell you the truth. He said, I came to... A peninsula Bible church, <laughs> he said, with a lot of fear and, and trepidation this morning. He said, and then when you asked that question, and two-thirds of the place stood up, he said, I, I just couldn't help thinking, these are my kind of people. <laughs> so we, we do that, but God has set the stage in this text here, God has set the stage by setting us up for success. He sets us up for success. Every church plant. I've been, I've been in this town for a, a number of years back and forth, and I've watched churches plant. It's interesting to know that The Rock started in this community center, not in this community center, but in the community center. Um, Freedom Center started in a community center, and then they built you know, the church that, that uh, First Baptist Church sold to them. And then they... That, that thing was condemned when we first sold it in 62. And then they, they finally, they, they built it. A lot of churches start here. And, and they do that. But it, it, is, it is so important to see that we're called to minister in the present. That's, and, and the present, is that we're, we're just called to minister and just serve. That's just what we do. You know, people will ask me now in, in ministry, I'm responsible to counsel and encourage uh, young men. And, and I just simply said, listen, grace is when God gives us good things that we don't deserve. Mercy is when he spares us from bad things we deserve. And blessings are when he is generous with both. God is good all the time. But he's called us just to minister in the presence. And whatever it is, I, I will tell you this, ministry today is different than it was 10 years ago. It was, it's different than it was 20 years ago. It was different than 30 years ago. I had a pastor, a great mentor, did uh, baptized Brenda, did our uh, wedding and everything. He always would tell me to make sure I stayed the way that he did it back in the 30s, in the 40s. 
And uh, I always was respectful with Pastor, and Pastor was always pretty respectful with me, recognizing that I wasn't alive in the 30s. And well, I was actually at the end of the 40s, but um, now that I think about it, but he, he wanted ministry that way. And I was there with him when he died. And I said, Pastor, I, I, you know, I hope that I haven't embarrassed you in any way. He says, go for it. This world is nuts. <laughs> he said, and I've been a little bit crazy. And just the changes there, but Paul is called to be an apostle. He, he doesn't count himself anything special. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called apostle, because I persecuted the church. And Sosthenes, these two were not buddies at first. <laughs> Sosthenes, look at it in Acts 18. Sosthenes was, was a leader in the synagogue, and he didn't like what the Apostle Paul was doing, so he got things stirred up and uh, everything else in a wound up. Be careful of what you wish for, who you pass on the way up, because you're going to probably pass them on the way coming down, because it wound up the Sosthenes took a beating that day because he got all, everything all stirred up, and there was civil, civil disobedience it was viewed as. And so in, in all those things, Sosthenes was there. But Sosthenes was, was um, to him, he was um, a man in, in cess. He was he he um, literally there. He was a he was an administrator, an assistant clerk, writing. It was common in that day. Why? Because he's entrusted us. He's given us. It's a sacred trust. What, whatever he's called us to do, he is he he has entrusted us. It, it 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 tells us there when it says, "I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given to you in Jesus Christ." But not only has he entrusted us, but he's enriched us. What, is it, what does it say? In every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge. The word there um, that, that, that is translated enriched is a plutocrat. It's a wealthy person. He said you, you have all that you need. The giftedness was huge. And, and, and with all speech and all knowledge that, that goes on here. Telford said they knew truth from error. They knew the errors of paganism and the essentials of Christianity. They couldn't plead ignorance or inability. We live in a day when all you need is a plausible deniability. Just a plausible, I didn't know that. I'm sorry, officer. You mean everywhere on the expressway isn't 105 miles an hour? How was I to know? Well, I don't know. Maybe the signs of 70 over and over again were there. So they couldn't plead that. They, could, they, they couldn't say that. So what, what's the challenge here? And, and when we look at the faithfulness of God, he will always write all we need to get his will done. And then he entrusts and enriches, but he establishes us. He, 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 even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, corroborated, documented, that, 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 that you did that, they, they understood that. And he just wants them to know, listen, you have all of my attention. You have all of my affection. You have all of my, all, all of my affirmation. You, you have all of my acceptance. What does he say as we get to the end of the chapter? Because there's some confront, confrontation that goes on. But when he gets to the end of this chapter, in verses 23 through 25, but we preach Christ crucified. That's what we do. A stumbling block to the Jews and a folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called. To, to, to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ and the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. 
He said, listen, that's what we preach. And, and they could all add their amens. But, but this, is, this is his first letter. He writes this from Ephesus uh, to them. And uh, so from the second one from Macedonia about five, six years later. But he says, listen, this is what we're preaching here. This is what we're teaching here. And, and quite honestly, I don't know anyone. I mean, I, I know very few people of, of any kind of a church who would not say, yeah, that's what we're about. That's what we do. We, we, we you know, we, we, we would do these things. That's, that's, that's what we want. But God will always do those things. But F.B. Meyer was once asked, uh, what was the secret of his success? He, he, he asked Moody. And Moody, Moody said, for many years I have never been given an address without the consciousness that the Lord may come before I have finished. That'll, that will set us on edge a little bit. If I thought that partway through the sermon today, you know, and, I, and I've thought much about that since reading that quote years ago, what if he came now? Well, for one thing, we'd be out on time. But, but I mean, what if, what if he came, and, and that would live. If I lived in the presence of God and lived with that precious hope uh, of the catching away of the church, and, and that it would happen like now, you know, it, it, it would, I would live differently. We would all live differently. We all get on that edge from time to time. We go from that cutting edge to that bleeding edge, but then, then I go to places where I can't even see the edge. It, it, it's just, it's remarkable that way. But God's faithfulness develops our faithfulness in order to provide daily great expectation, that I'm expecting God to do something. My predecessor up there in, in St. Charles always prayed for parking spots, and he, and he was so excited about that. He said, he said I got to tell you, God taught me early on in ministry to pray for a parking spot, and I need a parking spot really close to the, to the front so that I wouldn't have to walk very far. And he, did, he, had, a, he had an issue, a physical issue, by that time in his, his life, and um, wasn't as mobile as he had once been. And he said, so do you pray for parking spots? And I said, so I'm thinking, first liar doesn't stand a chance. I said, no, I don't pray for a parking spot. I said, I pray for God to put me right next to an unbeliever or a believer that needs to be encouraged. He said, I'm going to change my prayer. And he did. He did. He said, but, you know, you messed me up because now I'm having to walk further. I said, well, drop the part about being next to an unbeliever then. But that's, that's the goal in, in all these things that we, we're doing because he says, for one thing, he says, listen, the steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercies never come. Never cease. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my God. Therefore, I will hope in him. So he fits them and sets them, fits them for that and gets them all ready for this ministry so that you will are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. But that wait is not the wait that I might think it is. It, it is a wait in the New Testament. It's, it's used often. It's to await eagerly, but there's an anticipation, but there's an activity. I don't like waiting, but I do love to wait and have an activity. I love, I love to go to Spectrum and then start just working the room because you're going to be there for a while. Well, I don't care whether you got a cable. This last week, I went there. I turned in some equipment. They gave me a, a new remote 
It still didn't work. I programmed it. It still didn't work. I went to their website. It still didn't work and everything. But all the while, it gave me something to do while it still didn't work. And before it was over, I went there again another day, and they gave me three brand new remotes. So I've got remotes. I could sell them in a garage sale. They're brand new remotes. They're really nice. They're the, you know, they're the latest off the, guess what? They still didn't work. They had to send someone out because the box had not rebooted. And only a technician can do that, which is a reason why I didn't open that box. But they were fitted for that. They, were, they, were, they learned about being faithful as we wait for his day, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah 49, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. We know of that exception uh, to the rule. The exception proves the rule. Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. He is faithful. He is fitting us. He is faithful. Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song. We read this in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. When they see that, when we evidence that, when they realize that we're, we're initially our friends that come to Christ, initially they just think we're out of it. And then they think we're weird. And then they think we're whacked out. And then they go, wait a minute, this starts to fit a little bit here. This is what I've noticed in sharing Christ with people who are Christless. It's not nearly... A, as much about my position as my disposition. Because when I start to listen to people's story, I'm here to tell you that some of the stories that I hear from people about what happened, and I, so I, 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 I just give to them. Now I just give them to, from that great theologian Facebook. Um, you, you may have been hurt at church, but Jesus didn't do it. I said to a friend the other day, he said, well, I'm not going to do this, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. I said, let me just ask you something, Tom. How does that change John 3, 16 and 17? He said, well, it doesn't. He said, you realize that no one's ever called my bluff before? I said, you know, I think it's the Spirit of God with just a gotcha moment. How does that change anything? We all get hurt. I get hurt. I've been hurt at the big house. People have stepped on me at the big house. You think I'm going to stop going? Houston, they were robbed. They were robbed. That's the only reason we're not, they were robbed. Yeah. <laughs> that, but that happens everywhere. And people, I've been hurt at VG's when, when they didn't have any of the salad with the chicken in it. You know, I, I've, been, I've been hurt everywhere. And unfortunately, I'm sure that I have hurt people everywhere. And, and doing that, but he says, listen, you fitted, you're faithful, and it's the faithfulness of God. And when we're faithful to God, we notice more that he is faithful with us. When we enter his presence with praise, he enters our situations with power. We don't choose, <laughs> Henry Blackaby, we don't choose what we will do for God. He invites us to join him where he wants to involve us. He, he, he just understands that. I like what, what Lewis 
uh, Jiglio says, when the enemy comes with shame and blame, tell him to go measure the distance that's from the east to the west and get back to you. That's how far our sins are removed. I'm just, I, I love the old, old quote. I, 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 evangelism is nothing more than one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. I just was in front of them in the line. But I went begging for salvation. This is nothing short of the Great China Wall. The Great, China, the Great Wall of China is a gigantic structure costing an immense amount of money and labor. The most extensive and best preserved version of the wall dates from the Ming Dynasty, 1368 to 1644, and runs for some 5,500 miles east to west from Mount Hu near Dandong, southeast Liaoning province, to the Jiayu Pass in Jiuquan, northwestern Gansu province, some 800,000 workers. When it was finished, when it was finished, that 5,500 miles, th there was no, you couldn't walk, go around it. By the time you got around it, they'd be waiting on you. You couldn't go through it 15 feet thick. You couldn't go under it. They had provisions uh, for that. You couldn't break through it. And so what they did that for is because those crazy hordes come down attacking them. In the first century that it was in existence, they were invaded three times. No one went around. No one went under. No one went through. They walked through an open gate. They bribed the gatekeepers. Paul is just lovingly, kindly, <laughs> compassionately telling them, listen, you aren't being invaded. You're invading the world. And, and he goes through this, and it's so nice. It's the equivalent, this to me, this text is the equivalent of, and, you, and you, we've likely all had this happen, when someone's going to say something difficult to you, but they start with looking you in the eye and say, you know that I love you. Whenever anyone starts with, you know that I love you, you know. And so he, he confronts all this stuff. You know about the church was a mess. They, they had, I mean, it was a mess. It was, it's embarrassing to read what they did. But he begins with saying, listen, this, remember this is the way we said we were going to do this. Remember, this is how it happens. That you receive Christ as your personal Savior. You, you begin to walk in obedience to him. You start sharing Christ with other people. And oh, by the way, don't forget that you're in Christ so that you live that way. And this is how we do it. And it, it's amazing. Whenever uh, I'm in a group that that's in charge of revitalization of churches we go to churches that are all busted down and you feel like nehemiah going around the walls and everything and so you're there and you just look at it and, and i i say i say this so now they just have me in they just introduce me because i'm going to say it to people after a team of eight pastors evaluates ministry and i just, i always say the same thing you can't get to where you're at from here unless you're looking at something other than the red letters. You can't, you can't get there. 
it, it's, this, this is like foolproof. I mean, it's like we have everything we need to do everything that he wants for us, and the, the only way you can mess that up is to ignore what he said to us, which is profound in, in certain circles. Like, what do you suggest that we do? So they're looking for, like, I don't know whether I look like Buddha or what. You know, they want you to give, give me something profound. I'd say, I would get back to here. I, I would just start reading scripture, and I would start loving on God and loving on people because he loves people. For God so loved the world that he sent his only one-of-a-kind son, whoever, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Yeah, but is there anything else you can suggest? I said, no, I actually, I don't have any other suggestions. If you got a band, you know, it would really be nice for us to have someone who could play a, a really nice Yamaha piano. Because, and, pe and people think that the pastor knows or that someone else knows all those things and everything else. Let me tell you something. I didn't even know that Yamaha made a piano. And be, before we accepted that and had it shipped over um, to, from northern Muske North Muskegon to our place, St. Charles, I just I said, Yamaha. Yeah, I wonder how much that's worth. Can't be very much Yamaha. I mean, they make motorcycles and water machines, snowmobiles. And so I talked to, to a pianist at one of the churches in our area, and they said, you got a Yamaha? Let me look. She said, "Yeah, that's that's about somewhere between fourteen and sixteen thousand bucks. Those are really nice." So all that to say that God really, you know, how and people will say to me, "Why did they select you?" You know, in in our lives in any area, why did they select you? I said, "Do you know what was happening?" I said, "I was deer hunting in Levering, Michigan, and no, you probably don't know where that's at. That's up there, Seashell City." I was deer hunting. I was 30 feet up in the air, and I got a text. Hey, does anybody need a piano? I didn't, it just, all that just underlines the fact that from time to time, God just simply says, here, you, you're not going to make it. <laughs> and he's done that so much for me in my life. You're, you're not any good at this, <laughs> you know. But, you know, God uses the unwise and, and to, to confound uh, individuals, here you go. This is yours. But minister, but get other people in ministry. Do that. Run it back there. Because when we don't minister, well, my land. Kelsey wasn't here this morning. <laughs> well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when... when, when They've been so kind to populate a large part of the nursery and children's ministry. I'm, I'm here to tell you that, you know, the, 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 the bottom line is that those two have sacrificed. But we all sacrifice. We all serve. God is faithful. That's simply what he does.